Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Tide sources. Welcome back, everyone. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor of the Deseret News. Great to be with you today, as always. And we're going to keep rolling right along. Uh, we're going to continue to follow this uh, fallout from uh, Chuck Schumer. Again, I think he was wildly inappropriate on the steps of the Supreme Court yesterday. And we'll see what kind of fallout, uh, if any, if it just becomes more of the contempt conversation in the country. Uh, this is when we got to figure out, folks, uh, this is not working and not good for the republic. Uh, speaking of the republic, uh, we're going to look for the future of the republic. We're going to talk to our our uh, partner and pollster, Scott Rasmussen, joining us from New York. Scott, how are you today? Well, I'm doing great. And, uh, you know, I share your concern, obviously, about the tone of the political dialogue. But uh, I, I still draw hope from the fact the American people are a lot better than Americans' politicians. So, uh, you know, let's let's hope that eventually that uh, that can infiltrate and influence the political system. That's right. And I and I think when we when we look to the people, uh, I think we're we're much closer to just being on the verge uh, not of a civil war but a civil debate. I think if we can just uh, focus on that we'd all we'd all be in good shape. Uh well a lot of a lot of changes going on uh as the uh, Democratic uh, nominate, nominating process continues to roll on. Elizabeth Warren announcing uh, just a, a couple hours ago that she would be uh, stepping aside, did not uh, choose to endorse anyone today. Uh, how do you see that uh, impacting the race? We've got six states coming up uh, on Tuesday. Yeah, you know, I think, uh, first of all, Boyd, it's it's worth reflecting just how much the political world has changed in the last seven days. I mean, yeah. it truly is stunning. I can't ever remember a moment like this where everything we thought we knew was turned upside down. And that should give us a little bit of humility about predicting what will happen next. <laughs> right. Um, but, you know, right now, uh, Joe Biden has a slight lead in the delegate count. And I think in three of the states next week, he's going to look very good. Michigan, Missouri, Mississippi. And, and by the way, Michigan, the biggest state on the list with 125 delegates. Bernie Sanders should do pretty well in Washington State, Idaho and North Dakota. Uh, but there's going to be one thing that, that uh, you know, people like to talk about winners and losers. They don't like to talk about proportional allocation of delegates. Um, people are going to have to get used to the fact that nobody's going to sweep all of these delegates from, from either state. Bernie Sanders and Joe Biden are going to slug this out for quite a while. Um, and there's an opportunity that some Democrats may have a little buyer's remorse. You know, they they quickly united behind Joe Biden because there were no other options. There may be some concerns there. Uh, This debate is going to go on for quite a while, and it has the potential to be very nasty. Bernie Sanders is running ads against uh, Joe Biden in Florida on the issues of Social Security and Medicare. Uh, No matter how you look at it, that's got to help Donald Trump come uh, come November. So I think Biden will extend his lead next week. I think the following week is even better for him with Florida, Illinois, and Ohio. Uh, but it's a long way until this Democratic primary is settled. Yeah, and you, you mentioned, Scott, the the impact this has on President Trump and his reelection efforts. Uh, really interesting here in the state of Utah. A uh, record number of Republicans showed, out, uh, showed up for a, a vote that 
really didn't have a, a lot of emphasis because everyone knew that President Trump was going to to win the uh, primary here in the state of Utah. But it was almost a show of of support. Uh, and the uh, the polling here in Utah, you know, says that uh, it really won't matter who the, the Democrat is. But I, I want to get your take uh, first on that. And then I want to jump to this idea of uh, the old uh, Reagan axiom of are you are you better off now than you were uh, three or four years ago? Well, uh, I think, first off, uh, it doesn't surprise anybody that uh, President Trump is likely to win Utah's uh, electoral votes, uh, as always. And as we saw four years ago, there is some uh, less enthusiasm for the president than there is in some other Republican-leaning states. Um, But whether it's Sanders or Biden, um, Donald Trump will emerge victorious there. And I think you're comment on the turnout is something we're seeing all around the country. Uh, Donald Trump is enjoying record support, record turnout in primaries that don't mean a thing. Uh, And I I think that's an encouraging sign for his reelection campaign. Uh, Now, I will say there is one warning sign that Republicans are perhaps missing um, in all of this, and that is we're finally going to be seeing a, a, a round or several rounds of Democratic presidential debates that are one-on-one, Bernie Sanders versus Joe Biden. Um, and for all the talk I hear among Republicans about how Joe Biden has a hard time stringing sentences together, that practice, debate after debate, is going to help him if he is eventually the nominee. And the reason I know that's true is Barack Obama, when he first ran for president, was not very good in the early debates. But after months of having one-on-one debates with Hillary Clinton, he got much better. Uh, So I think Republicans should be aware that not all the dynamics of this democratic process are going to be helpful to the president's reelection effort. Oh, that's uh, that's really interesting insight there. And uh, let's let's jump into this uh, thing here in the state of Utah, the poll you conducted uh, for us here at the Deseret News and our partners at the Hinckley Institute of Politics says 65 percent of Utahns say that uh, they're better off now than they were three years ago. What does that mean here in the state? What does that mean? uh, What are you seeing nationally? Well, in the state, it, you know, it's a it's a really good uh, sign if you happen to be an incumbent running for re-election. Despite all the turmoil and despite all the distractions in Washington, whether it's about impeachment or Russia or about anything else that is going on or about Chuck Schumer's comments, people in Utah are saying, you know, in my own daily life, in my community, Things are better than they were when Donald Trump took office. Uh, We're seeing the same thing nationally. A Gallup poll found that 61% of Americans say they're better off than they were three years ago. And that's much, much better than any other recent president. Uh, When Barack Obama was at this point in his presidency, only 45% were better off. Uh, and I, I have to throw in one comment uh, just about, again, about this, this dialogue we're having. Uh, back in 1996, uh, only half the people thought they were better off than when Bill Clinton took office. But unlike the numbers we see today, where Republicans are off the charts saying things are better and Democrats are saying, yeah, not so much, the numbers when Bill Clinton ran for re-election were almost identical among Republicans, Democrats, and independents. We hadn't reached the stage we're at today where on every single question there is a massive partisan divide. Mm, man, that's uh, that's fascinating stuff. If you're just joining us, we're, we're uh, talking with our friend and pollster Scott uh, Rasmussen, joining us from New York today, breaking everything down. And uh, as you said, uh, what a difference a day makes. Uh, <laughs> 24 hours, things are, are getting turned on their heads. And, uh, and yet, I, I want to go back to, to where we started, and that is this idea that 
that you often say, Scott, that uh, while our politics has failed, uh, uh, America is not and uh, is not likely to. Uh, give us give us a little deeper dive on that. You've done some writing around this. You've done a lot of research around this. Uh, why should we all be hopeful at the end of the day today? You know, the, the example I give uh, in a book I, I wrote uh, that was published by the Sutherland Institute, uh, came from a, a church service day with my family many, many years ago when my boys were young. And we were asked to, to help empty this truck, a, an 18-wheeler filled with uh, sweet potatoes. And we were going to have to separate them into, you know, what could be edible for someone and what couldn't be. And we sat there for hours and hours. And these yams were just, uh, they were fragrant to say the least. And it looked like we didn't make a dent in the pile. But when we turned around and faced the other direction and we looked at how much food we were making available to people in need, it gave us all a sense of hope. And slowly, one person at a time, all through the group, all through the day, began to turn around and look at the progress we were making. And I think if you look at Washington, if you look at Chuck Schumer, if you look at the president's tweets and a lot of the other dialogue, there's plenty of reason to be depressed. But if you look at what's happening in America, people are finding ways to work together. They work together in their communities. Uh, entrepreneurs are finding way to provide ways to provide services. I mean, this is uh, America's deepest tradition. It's sort of a common sense, pragmatic, community problem-solving effort. Uh, and, you know, when you go to work with somebody in a volunteer project, you don't say, hey, are you a Republican or Democrat? Because I'm not going to volunteer if you're on the other side. Uh, you say, what can we do together? And, and that will eventually, I do believe the culture leads and politics lags behind uh, those attitudes are far more important than anything that happens in Washington, D.C. Oh, fantastic. Scott Rasmussen, always appreciate your perspective, not only by the numbers, but uh, really tapping into the heart and soul of the country. Thanks, Scott. Thank you, Boyd. All right, again, Scott Rasmussen joining us there. All right, we're going to go ahead and step aside. I want to know what uh, gives you hope for the country moving forward. Chime in on the Utah Community Credit Union text line 57500 right here on KSL News Radio. We'll be right back.